0: Because I found this pair of underwear (laughs) And they say everyone needs a little friend right on the crotch But also Bob Ross is holding his squirrel Hiya strangers and welcome to Half-Assed History The podcast where two embarrassingly unqualified people teach you about a topic Get ready for some mildly incorrect information and a lot of side tangents well this is half Ass history i'm cola and today my guest is
1: matt your brother <laughs> so how's it going
0: it's good i don't really have any like anything new to talk about because we just talked last night and the only thing that's happened is that i took my dogs to the park and that's it and it's very hot yeah that's all i got
1: <laughs> it's very humid where you're at
0: Yeah, it's that's true. It's not hot. It was only like 80 degrees. So I was like, cool, we're gonna go to the park. And I'm just gonna hang out here as long as I can. And like 20 minutes in Kaz was sitting by the gate being like, please just take me home. He Just hated Uh. it. And I was like, there is shade. It's probably like, it's probably over it's maybe like an acre and a half this park like it's a big park. And Uh, they have like a kiddie pool for them that's full of water and all sorts of stuff. And he just was like, I don't give a shit. Just let's go. Like, please, let's go. And I just made him run around again for an extra 20 minutes. He was like, I hate you. Every time we got near the fence, he was like, yes. And then I had to be like, no. (laughs) Poor guy.
1: (laughs) Well, 80 degrees with... 90% Ninety percent humidity is pretty awful. It's gross. And I and I can't being I can't imagine being covered in fur on top of that, so
0: No, it has to be miserable. Black fur at that. Like, oh it's gotta be terrible.
1: Was it pretty sunny?
0: Yeah, it's very sunny today. And it didn't yeah. seem too humid. I was like, Oh, it's fine. And then as you stand out there you're like, Oh, it's not. It's actually yeah, it's it's humid. You just I guess maybe I'm a little more acclimated to it so i'm just like no it feels like a great day and then you're like oh it's not it's really gross and i'm also this park is right next to the river like right directly next to it so and the lake and everything it's so it just kind of yeah it's gross
1: yeah makes it a lot worse well out here it's just super hot and the sun is super intense it's dry it's very dry right now yeah but it's uh it's just way too hot I don't appreciate it. It's been a hot <laughs> summer.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty gross.
1: Well, it sounds like we have very boring lives, so I think that's enough of that.
0: We do. I was like, I don't have any banter today at all. I don't have anything interesting going on.
1: Maybe we should take a break and think of something.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, I need to buy a desk to to properly set up, like, this station, and I've been trying uh-huh. to figure out where the hell to put that, so that's been fun. So my weekend, yeah, my weekend has been me trying to clean and organize my house. And I've just realized that there's really no good place in this house for my furniture. So it's made it difficult.
1: Ugh. I hate awful floor plans.
0: Yeah, this one is kind of whack. And I'm like, I don't know what, like the dining room nook is, It's, I mean, it's like a nook, but it's very... It doesn't make any sense. Like, the table is pretty much in the middle of another door entryway. But, like, that's the place it's supposed to be. It's very weird. It doesn't make sense. Whatever. Just trying to figure it out. Yeah.
1: And uh, most houses were designed by, like, an architect. Yeah. I mean... What happened? Can't you... <laughs> do you not understand your job?
0: Yeah. I don't under- know. I, like, truly, I have a little... Tiny, like, circular table, like the smallest dining room table you can buy, right? And I, you shouldn't even call it a dining room table, it's like a little breakfast table. It's like super teeny tiny, and it's too big for this area, but it's also like a large area. You just can't put a table here because, like, there's doorways everywhere, so it's, it's just in the way, even being as small as it is. I'm like, what is supposed to go in this spot? I don't understand
1: yeah it's uh i don't know it's too bad when crap happens like that could just just design a house that functions what, why is there a closet in the kitchen that's not a that's not a pantry i really don't get it
0: i don't even have a pantry so i
1: don't know or that yeah. you know let's just not put any storage in this house that's what people want right
0: my last house was like that. It was built in 2014 and there was no pantry. I was like, why? Why is there nothing for me to put my food in except for cupboards and not yeah. very many? <laughs> like, what the hell?
1: No, mine mine has zero pantry. There's yeah. nothing. So I kind of like created one in my, you could maybe call it a mud room, but it's really just a washroom. Mm. And I just put shelves everywhere. It's like, okay, instant pantry.
0: Yeah, really. great. Um, do you want to start today?
1: I think I'll start. Mine should be pretty, uh, pretty quick okay. and it's just really lighthearted. So I'll go first and hopefully you can back clean up and make it more interesting.
0: <laughs> Interrupt you 900 times.
1: Uh, go for it. Cause I feel like I am not interrupting you enough and creating enough conversation and interesting questions and stuff.
0: Oh, I think you're fine. Actually listening, listening to yeah. it all. It's, it's pretty good yesterday okay. i was like i can't stop interrupting him <laughs> like, no. so anyway
1: well if nothing else that means i've sort of picked interesting topics for at least you yes sure so we'll, we'll go with that yeah i don't know how long this is going to be but uh okay. i don't know kind of interesting i came across this a couple years ago and was just going through my computer and happened to see a picture of it that i had saved and i was like that could be a pretty interesting topic because you may have heard about it, but I don't know if a lot of people have really heard about it. So
0: Great. I'm excited.
1: Um, yeah, it's not like an instance in history, but it's just uh sort of a character. Okay. So you're familiar with pinup models, right?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: so like nineteen I don't know when they started, twenties, thirties, forties, and they're like watercolored images mm-hmm. of Women, usually scantily clad, you know, very attractive. And you could get them on calendars or little, like, playing card things. Sometimes they would be on all kinds of different merchandise, right? Shot glasses and all kinds of stuff. Right. Uh, So pretty common. And you have a certain image of a pinup model.
0: Yeah, I immediately go to Betty Page. Like, she was, like, a real-life one. But, yeah.
1: A real one, yeah, but there was plenty Mm -hmm. of you know, uh, what would you call it? Illustrations.
0: Yes. There you go. Yeah. That's kind of like where they started, right? Was like actually with illustrations or maybe not. I don't know. Anyways.
1: Well, yeah. Like an actual pinup was never like just a picture of a model. It was a a pinup was always a watercolored rendition of a model or something. Right. Okay. And I don't know the whole history of it, but yeah, a a pinup was never just a picture of a girl that, or an actress that they put on a calendar. That was something else.
0: Oh, okay. Got it.
1: Even though the posing would have been similar and everything, but the, they were the like, pinups were...
0: Yeah, so like Betty Page like styled herself after a, a pinup illustration, essentially. Because yeah, she always mimicked think... that kind of stuff. Like the outfits and the stance and everything in pictures.
1: And I think there were uh, renditions of her in a pinup style, right?
0: Okay, probably. Yeah.
1: So... To get to my subject have you ever heard of hilda
0: no i don't think so awesome
1: yeah so hilda was actually a fairly popular pinup back in the day and was pretty much lost to history okay but hilda is very different because she'd be what you would call nowadays a plus size model
0: oh okay
1: yeah so i'll send you a um a pic real quick so definitely like fuller figured
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Like, definitely fuller figured.
0: 100%. Yeah.
1: So, so she was created by an artist named Dwayne Bryars. He was born in 1911 and he lived up until 2012. So, dude lived to be 101 years old. (laughs) Had a pretty full career of painting all kinds of stuff, but he's the one that's, you know, credited with doing this one. There's something like over 250 renditions of Hilda that he did over his career wow and they were they were mostly on calendars from the 50s all the way up until the 80s maybe even in the 90s the publisher was still using some of those images and keeping them on through the 90s but he was pretty much done drawing Hilda in the 80s okay so so
0: question were they mm -hmm. was the publisher were they like reusing pictures or did he have so many pictures drawn out that they were like we just have content for the next decade
1: no he was he was doing renditions on contract Mm -hmm. from the 50s up until the 80s
0: right but then you said they were still printed through the 90s so were those like repeats?
1: those were repeats after the after the 80s they were still putting out calendars of hilda somewhat in the 90s but they were all just stuff that they had on hand
0: okay cool
1: so i'll kind of have you help me with how you would describe her but she's definitely like full figured and a little more rounded figure yes
0: Mm -hmm.
1: definitely not an hourglass figure by any means but yet very curvy and voluptuous you could call it yeah and she has a roundish face in fact i'll i'll try to send you like a couple more pics but um she's I, i don't know would you consider her fat
0: um probably by like society standards yeah uh-huh yeah um and
1: even nowadays right where yeah fuller yeah. is more acceptable
0: yeah she's still so like that's the thing nowadays it's like oh you have to be fuller but also your waist still has to be like teeny tiny and toned and she very much does not have a toned core at all like there's this picture of her with the ladder and she has like like her belly is literally hanging over it
1: yes yeah and it's not what you would consider a fold but it's certainly a belly right? yeah
0: yeah so she's like, not like super roly-poly or anything but she's not like toned at all they weren't like let's just draw some like light shading for some abs it's none of that
1: <laughs> no there is not an ab anywhere no on
0: there homegirl yeah. eats
1: home girl eats and so <laughs> that's kind of funny you say that so <laughs> some of the pictures actually show her eating great but it's it's in a fun way where mm. it's just like hey i enjoy food and and that's cool right it wasn't n- none of the pictures is he making fun of her figure right. or anything like that it's just a way of showing like hey i have fun i'm active i do stuff but at the same time i'm going to eat too yeah um so she is a ginger Kind of an interesting choice.
0: Yeah. There's lots of interesting choices with this. I very much appreciate it. But yeah, it seems like yeah, like he kind of went like, what's the minority of things? Like, Well, we'll make her a little bit thicker. We'll give her some red hair rather than like some blonde, skinny, you know, bimbo.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even brunettes, very uh, common for pinups and whatnot. But she's definitely cute. I wouldn't call her gorgeous, either, like a lot of the pinups would be. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. It's obviously in the eye of the
0: beholder, but yet. Like, yeah, she's very pretty. I mean, from the pictures, I'm, there's really not, like, a straight on of her face or anything. There is, oh, you know what she reminds me of? I was trying to pinpoint it, and I was like, what What does her face remind me of? Like, what cartoon? And it's kind of the, um, is it, like, the old Dennis the Menace cartoon? Margaret? No, like, the style of, like... No, it's not Dennis the Menace. There is...
1: Family circus.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'll have to think of it. Maybe I'll think of it. Maybe I won't. But, like, there's there's a certain, like, old, like, comic strip that her... Like, the the cartoon of her looks like. Or the illustration, whatever you want to call it. Um, Hmm. That...
1: I got nothing. It just
0: looks like that style. She doesn't look like anyone from that. But, yeah... Yeah, she's kind of like... She would kind of just be like any girl in your neighborhood or like any girl in your high school or whatever. She's not anything... like She's just kind of like the every girl. It's not something you would see her and go like, holy shit, where'd she come from? She's just kind of like cute girl that lives, you know, down the street or something.
1: Agreed. So he could have decided to paint her a little fuller figured, but still had a very gorgeous face. Mm -hmm. And I don't think... I think it's pretty clear he didn't go in that direction for whatever reason. Yeah. So she was more average or, like you said, just the girl down the street.
0: Yeah. Just like any other person in your neighborhood. She's not anything. Yeah, she's not super, super dolled up in any of them.
1: Right. So, you know, she's kind of been described as, you know, huge personality, confident, energetic. Some of the pics, like she's even clumsy. You know, I didn't give you a whole bunch. There's a lot out there where she's, like, you know, sort of falling down or something. There's one where she's, like, cleaning up and she's sweeping stuff under the rug, you know, with kind of a guilty look on her face. So it's kind of a more fun thing. And that's sort of in the genre of pinups. They were always kind of doing stuff like that. But she seems to be a little more, I don't know what the word would be. She's a little more goofy, I guess. Okay than your normal pinup. And I, I think she poses doing a lot more funner things than other pinups would normally do. So she's like mountain climbing or boating or fishing or
0: okay, uh, yeah.
1: climbing a tree or something. Whereas, you know, the other ones, like sometimes they show women maybe like fixing a couple things around the house, you know, fixing an antenna or maybe turning a wrench on a bike or something. But that's pretty much as far as it went. And Hilda kind of se- kinda seems to do everything.
0: Okay, Yeah. I mean, just from the pictures you've sent, yeah, she's doing a wide variety of things, so that's fun.
1: And I guess she was, like, actually pretty popular from what I can gather. And the guy that kind of brought her back, I'll kind of jump ahead, this guy named Les Toil was at a swap meet and found this calendar, and he was like, who the heck is this? And he bought it, and he did a bunch of research, found the original artist, did some interviews with him, created a website about Hilda, and then it sort of had a resurgence That was in 1999 and the the website does pretty well from what i can tell there's a lot of interest in it the author actually interviewed the original illustrator dwayne Bryars. okay so if you wanted to check it out there's an interesting interview on there cool but there's uh the website guy whatever you call it (laughs) the operator of the website sure He's had people contact him and he's like, yeah, like I used to see this in my dad's garage or my grandpa's garage. And I was like, I don't think that really existed. But I thought there was this plus sized model out there, you know, this pinup model. And yeah. then they came across the website and it's like, oh, wow, well, yeah, that's totally her. So oh, cool. kind of interesting. And, and people, I think it's kind of weird, like it came around 1999 and that's sort of when the idea of being fuller and, you know not such a wafer thin victoria's secret model became a little more accepted like if hilda would have had a resurgence in the 80s and 90s it would have been like uh nobody wants that yeah like it was like the thing was like super super thin i was watching a movie the other day and it was from like early 90s like 1991. And they're at a beach and they're seeing all these like models obviously that they use and the guys are commenting and they're like wow this there's a lot of you know beautiful women around here right and they're all like super wafer thin no hips no butt right big boobs but that's it and and super tall and lanky right and i don't think that's really the thing anymore so it's interesting that hilda kind of gets rediscovered when the idea of having a fuller figure is is more acceptable kind of interesting
0: yeah well-timed
1: well timed, right. Um so she's actually one of the longest running uh pinup models. You know, to go for like forty years is pretty rare. Yeah. Uh but Breyer's never really got the notoriety of other pinup artists, I guess, and some suggest maybe it's because the pinup model that he chose was always a little plumper. Yeah. Maybe not even acceptable back then, right?
0: People are like, oh, she's November. Can we just get through this month? Like, on to the next pinup.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So he didn't, he sometimes used real models, but most of the time he was just going off of his own thing, just out of his head. Nice. And, and he, and all of his models were not really fat. Uh, there's that word. But sure. he just kind of added some more plumpness to him. He was okay. like, a leg's a leg, an arm's an arm. I can add fat and muscle where I need to. So
0: Right. So he was probably just using them more for, like, to get kind of proportions, right? You're like, okay, well, this is how it'll look, shading, whatever.
1: Exactly. And basically, that's all I have. <laughs> uh, just just kind of a interesting little tidbit in history, more recent history.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that, like... Because you just said like, oh, she had a long run of like 40 years or whatever. It's uh, it's such a weird thing because like, like pinups in general, because it's like, yeah, they kind of showed up. I don't know when they started. I don't know the history of pinups, but it's like they kind of started and then they just disappeared. And it's like, we don't like nobody's, I don't know. I'm sure that there probably still are pinup artists out there, but they're not a thing anymore, really. It's probably this like little subset of people that are like, cool, I got my pinup calendar, but like, you just, nobody does it anymore. It's kind of a weird, like, art that died out.
1: It, it totally, it's definitely niche. It, it sort of exists, but uh, I assume back in the 50s and 60s, you could just find pin-up calendars everywhere. You could find these little playing cards that they had. But you don't even see that stuff at, like, the dollar store, right? Right, yeah. Interesting. So, for whatever reason, it, it did fall out of popularity. And a lot of stuff does, but... yeah. Um. You know, let's be honest, it was sort of a sexual thing. Right. And that's sort of around the time where, like, Playboy gets very popular. So it's like, well, why am I looking at these artist drawings? Right. You know, I can just get a Playboy, maybe. I don't know. It's just something that I thought about. And now it's become less about the sexuality and more about just the art. Yeah. So, and that's why it's not super popular, but it just sort of exists and sort of a niche thing
0: interesting yeah i don't know anything about pinups really so this was interesting i know
1: very little yeah you know i had seen some from our grandpa that he had in his garage way back in the day yeah but that's all i've really seen
0: that's cool now i want to go find her website
1: yeah uh look up less toil that's probably the best um info you could find out there and he's actually an artist himself and so he's his website. He's trying to kind of get women to send pictures and and model, and he'll kind of create a Hilda-esque, modern-looking um, pinup of you.
0: Oh, that's cool though.
1: Kind of cool. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of examples on there. It's yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's a niche thing. But I mean, who wouldn't want like a pinup rendition of you to put on Instagram or something. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, that's like a big thing right now too, is that everyone does, um, boudoir or pinup, uh, mm-hmm. photos. That's like a big thing going on is everyone wants to find a photographer who will do like boudoir shots of them. Um, very cool. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's even way cooler is to like turn it into like an actual art actual piece. Art. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. His website needs some love. This is a terrible website.
1: contact him man (laughs) i know uh
0: less uh for the record it's less toil l-e-s-t-o-i-l and then his website is toil girls
1: okay okay
0: just if anyone wants to look it up but yeah she kind of looks like she would be um it, it also kind of looks like he maybe aged her a little bit as he drew um here and there maybe, but maybe I'm just seeing some weird uh little snapshots and stuff, but she kind of looks like that girl that would be like maybe your cousin or something, or would eventually be like like the aunt, like just like the fun loving aunt or whatever that's like, I don't know, maybe still yeah, single, she... and you're just like you have the best personality, <laughs> everyone tells her that
1: uh-huh. <laughs> right, she doesn't look like super young right She's no, yeah late 20s early 30s maybe some of these looking like maybe mid 30s right
0: yeah yeah there's a couple where she has like a double chin
1: yeah it is kind of interesting that she is a little more like full in the face like he could mm-hmm. have still given her like a slender face but she she definitely looks a little bit older but she also does look different in a, in a lot of them and um this guy les toil you can read the interview he did with with uh Dwayne and Dwayne is like yeah i wasn't real good with continuity and that's probably just my own thing uh-huh. where I, a lot of times i didn't have models and i could have been a little bit better at that
0: that kind of <laughs> makes if you it fun
1: she's in a way yeah yeah but you can tell like he has like three or four different hildas oh. <laughs> if you really start looking at them they're they're all a little bit different
0: that's cool. I have. I this was something I had not like had no knowledge of. So yeah,
1: I think it's fairly obscure.
0: Yeah, probably. But if you're
1: into pinup models, it's worth a look.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to know like that history too, because they were like a big thing for decades. So,
1: and this author said, in all his research, because he is into pinups, he's never seen another plus sized thing. So this was really? like, this was Dwayne's thing, and he had the market cornered on. Plus size pinups way to which go is probably Dwayne. why it last. yeah but that's probably why it lasted so long yeah it had a pretty good run
0: that's way cool okay are you ready for mine
1: yes let's do it
0: okay so i there's not a ton about this dude's history and so i didn't think it was going to be that long i was like oh i might struggle to like get information but actually i got like a ton so we'll just jump huh. in i'm going to talk about robert norman ross have you ever heard of him
1: He has three names, and that's usually a bad thing. You're either a serial killer or (laughs) an assassin, like a presidential assassin. (laughs) Seriously, like everybody else has two names.
0: Do you know why they do that with serial killers? Why they call them all three names?
1: I don't know for sure, but my idea has always been like, you don't want to be Mark Phillips.
0: Yes, So they
1: add the second name to be like, it's Mark Patrick Phillips.
0: Yes, that's exactly why they do it. Because they used to just like print newspapers and it would be like, Mark Phillips killed all of these people. And then everyone would be like, oh, shoot, I work with Mark Phillips. And so they had to start like specifying it so that you wouldn't your name wouldn't get dragged up into things. So, yeah, anyway.
1: Even before the internet, they Mm -hmm. knew that was going to be a problem. How forward thinking. They
0: were like, guys, this is bad news. Uh, So.
1: And if you don't know who Mark Patrick Phillips is, like, look that dude up.
0: I actually don't. I've never heard of him. I'm just kidding. I I totally made that up. I was like, I watched, (laughs) I listened to so many murder things. How do I not know this dude?
1: Oh, man. Like, the most brutal guy (laughs) ever.
0: Made Ed Kemper look like a puppy. (laughs) He was a very bad guy.
1: Mm -hmm. you just made that up
0: i i I wish (laughs) i wish he was gross uh okay so the reason he has three names is because if i just told you his normal name you would know and his name that everyone knows him by is bob ross that's right i'm gonna talk to you about bob ross (laughs) so um Like I said before, Bob Ross is actually, he's kind of a mystery. Like we don't know a ton about his actual life. Like he didn't give a lot of interviews and, and, you know, just tell everyone like a ton about his, his life. So, um, I kind of thought this was going to be like a really short thing, but he also left like such a big legacy that it was actually pretty easy to talk about him. So.
1: Oh man. I, I just have to interrupt and say like, I love Bob Ross. I know. And I always have and we used to watch him growing up mm-hmm. on pbs and we were just like fascinated by how this guy could just be like and there's a lake and then he would say all these hippie phrases like it's your world and yeah it was just so cool and so it had to be like 2002 at hot topic at a mall i found a bob ross shirt and it said happy trees and i was like oh my god it was so cool and nobody had a bob ross shirt they're pretty popular now. Yes. But like it was one of the only ones that was like ever around.
0: Okay. So this is why I started laughing earlier when I was looking for pictures because I found this pair of underwear <laughs> <laughs> and it, they say everyone needs <laughs> a little friend right on the crotch. But man. also Bob Ross is holding his squirrel, which I I believe his name was yes. Peapod. Um I could be wrong. I think so. I think so. Something close to that. So I found this on accident, like looking at pictures of Bob Ross to send to you. And I started hysterically laughing because I was like, this is hilarious. The double entendre is hilarious. Like everything about it is great. So, (laughs) Well done, someone. You might need those. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: might need those.
0: (laughs) So uh, Bob Ross has been on my list, but also they just put out like a Netflix series that's like 26 episodes of Bob Ross, and I have been falling asleep to that all week. It's been fantastic. It's on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that to you, but that came out like two or three years ago, Mm -hmm. and I was like, yes, Bob Ross is on Netflix, and that's why it's been sort of a resurgence lately is because you can go and watch old Bob Ross episodes, and they're great to watch, but, man, they are great sleep aids. They're so good. If you just need to go to sleep and have some... uh, Have some noise going on in the background. There's nothing better than an old hippie talking about painting to put you to sleep. It's
0: awesome, and I'll get into that a little later too. So, um, so yeah, so we don't know a ton about his life, and what we do know actually just comes from like him mentioning little things here and there while he's on air. Um, like he'll just kind of give like a little tidbit, and. Basically everything that I'm going to talk about is what every single article about this dude says because again there's not mm. a lot so it's just kind of like regurgitated from article to article. Interesting. So like I just said Netflix added his episodes and I've been falling asleep to them and they're incredible and he he actually said one time that they've received letters saying that people sleep better when the show is on and That's because, now we know, he was basically doing, like, low-key ASMR. Mm. So, it's, like, very, like, quiet and calm, and it's kind of whispery, and it's just, like, it's supposed to relax you and all this stuff. Uh, I don't like ASMR, really. Like, I'm not super into that. I don't care like it's, I'm never going to put on like an ASMR thing. And the ones where people like whisper in the microphone actually kind of freak me out. I don't like, them. <laughs> like, it's just, absolutely. It's not for me, but props to all you people that are making money off of it. Cause I know a lot of people are into it, uh, but um, I guess I
1: think it's a fad.
0: It for sure is, but also like, uh, but Hey, get that money while you can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he was basically just doing kind of like low key ASMR without really knowing that, and it just kind of lulls you to sleep, which is great. And in fact, according to PBS, less than 10% of the viewers ever actually painted along with him, Uh, which which doesn't surprise me at all because I paint and I have never painted along to a Bob Ross. And I have seen so many episodes of Bob Ross because like you said, we used to watch it as kids or like I would wake up, we never had cable, especially when I was a teenager, like we never had cable so um Mm -hmm. i would like get up and that's like what you would put on on like a saturday or whatever because nothing was on but pbs was always playing like here's a bob ross marathon and you would just sit there and watch him paint landscape after landscape and be like how the hell does he do this like it's incredible
1: and that's like early 2000s mid 2000s so that's interesting that they were still replaying them
0: yes i think they still do probably okay yeah um So let's get into his history. Bob Ross was born in Florida and I think he must have like really enjoyed it there because that's eventually where he died in 1995. Like he moved back there. Um, He was Mm -hmm. born in Daytona beach and then he spent the later part of his life in Orlando or well, he grew up and spent the later part of his life like in Orlando. It's where he went back to. And when he wasn't in Florida, the time that, wasn't spent there he was actually in alaska which is where he was stationed when he was in the military
1: that's right he was in the military yes he's a freaking marine no no nope
0: um <laughs> nope so oh when he was 18 years old he enlisted in the air force and he spent 20 years achieving the rank of master sergeant before he retired in 1981 and he's quoted oh. he's quoted as saying i was the guy who makes you scrub the, the latrine the guy who makes you make your bed, the guy who screams at you for being late to work, which is like Mm -hmm. the craziest idea because you're like, what are you talking about? You're Bob Ross. You've never never yelled at anyone in your life. Your voice doesn't get past a certain decibel. You're a liar, (laughs) but no. And he actually said that he screamed so much when he was in the Air Force that he never wanted to scream again. And I'm pretty sure he never did, (laughs) like ever. So... (laughs) Which brings up, like, a random rumor, because, like, you said he he was a Marine. There's a couple rumors that, like, float around about him the same way that they float around about, like, Mr. Rogers. Like, Mr. Rogers uh. was, like, had full sleeves of tattoos, and that's why he wore a cardigan. No, he didn't. Um, I know.
1: Yeah, because that was a thing. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. Mr. Rogers <laughs> has a full sleeve of tattoos. No, so there yeah. is, there's a rumor going around. I think people like this, like the dichotomy of this like really sweet gentle soul but then they also have this like crazy dark side so bob Mm -hmm. bob ross's biggest rumor about him is that he was a sniper in the military and has like 100 confirmed Mm. kills it's not true oh my gosh okay (laughs) it's not true he was stationed in alaska i don't know who he would be killing out there during like the 80s in alaska or the 70s in alaska no one they do say that, like, well, a lot of the time in the Air Force, you do go through, like, sniper training and stuff like that. So he probably had some skills, but he was not a sniper. That's not, its that's a lie. So don't listen to that rumor.
1: Yeah, you have marksman training. Yes. Not sniper there you go. training. That's so what it was. So that is a very different thing. Yes.
0: So so just a little bit more about him before he got into painting. He actually does not have curly hair. That is. No. <laughs> I swear I'm going to send you a picture. Bob Ross uh, Bob Ross does not have curly hair he he uh, permed it um, as yes. a way to wait here's here's young Bob Ross I'm sending you right now okay and here is older Bob Ross again still with no perm um, <laughs> he <laughs> did not have a perm <laughs> oh <laughs> which
1: my gosh. which
0: ruined me I was like what are you
1: talking about?
0: And he looks... I
1: thought he had really tight hair. No.
0: And it's so funny because you see pictures of him without his perm. And he just looks like any other, like, high school teacher from the 70s. You're just like, yeah, that's just like a high school teacher, whatever. (laughs) Wow. So, um, yeah.
1: I never would have thought that. No.
0: So he actually permed it so that he could save money uh, and he wouldn't have to get haircuts. But he eventually like uh-huh. grew to hate it. He was like, I hate this stupid hair. And he was actually pretty mad about it, but he couldn't change it because at this point he was on TV and people knew him. And he was like, I yeah. have to stick with this stupid fro. And it actually even became the symbol of his company, Bob Ross Inc. So he was like locked into that haircut. He could not <laughs> let it go, which sucks. Oh, wow. I hate that.
1: Dude should have just got a wig.
0: I know. Well... So he eventually died of lymphoma, and he actually did yes. wear a wig at the end. So,
1: okay, which was, very sad. was it a curly wig like his? I imagine curly signature. So, yeah, <laughs> I okay.
0: didn't see anything about that. It didn't talk about that. It just said he had to wear a wig. So I would imagine so, mm. but still wow. what a little bummer. So I don't know if you remember this, but I do. He would occasion he would occasionally feature his son on the show. So there are a couple of episodes where Stephen Ross teaches you how to paint. and Oh, I have not seen those. He does a lot he of... He
1: mentions his son mm-hmm. in the ones that I've seen a lot. And he's like, he's a great artist. Yes. I never <laughs> knew he was on there. The, wow. ni- the
0: nicest. Um, I kind of forgot until I started reading this. And, I, and then I saw a picture of his son. And I was like, oh, I've totally seen this guy paint. That's right. And so oh, wow. he did a lot of lakes, but he did like the same technique and everything, uh, that Bob Ross did, but yeah, he did a lot more lakes rather than kind of foresty stuff that Bob Ross does, mm-hmm. but he would also teach in that very quiet, kind voice. And he was like, hella good at painting. So it's awesome. Hmm. But after Bob Ross died, his son had a falling out with the company like Bob Ross Inc. And he really doesn't have anything to do with his father's legacy anymore, which was like kind of heartbreaking. Like that's like a total bummer. He has a half brother named Morgan Ross and they both like still paint to this day, but they aren't really active on, on social media or the internet or anything. They just kind of live like nice, quiet lives and they enjoy painting. How did Bob Ross start painting? Because he was in the military. So when did this fascination arise? Mm -hmm. When he was stationed in Alaska, he actually took his first painting class at a USO club in the early sixties. But Bob Ross actually painted in, like, a very specific style. So I don't know if you know anything about oil painting, but it's supposed to be very layered. Like, you're supposed to lay down a layer and then wait for it to dry and then add the next and so on and so on. But Bob Ross painted in what's called wet-on-wet. And it's kind of, it's not super uncommon, but it's also not, like, the norm for oil painting. Mm -hmm. And um, he learned this technique from a dude named Bill Alexander, Mm -hmm. And Bill Alexander actually had a show on PBS called The Magic of Oil Painting that ran from 1974 to 1982. And so Bob Ross, like, saw the show and started copying that. And this show worked really well, both Bill Alexander's and later on Bob Ross's, because with wet-on-wet technique, you can create, like, paintings super quickly. And it was, like, just perfect enough for those 30-minute TV shows which is why okay. you're able to create like this stunning detailed landscape in a half an hour. And he also, gotcha. they're also known for using like big house painters brushes, like the two inch house painter brush, rather than like a really fancy, uh, like oil painting brush. They're like, take this.
1: Yes. He <laughs> never has a, a small brush. Never. No.
0: And it's, as far as I no know, No brushes. Yeah. As far as I know, it's pretty much just like a, a house, like a house paint brush. Um, I didn't yes. read a whole yeah, it's lot not into like
1: super high quality, Mm-mm. um, artist brush. Yeah. Um, he has a couple fan brushes and yes. stuff, which are artist brushes. Uh, and then any kind of fine detail he kind of does with knives for the or, most um, part.
0: He'll do, he'll draw a couple like tree branches with like a thin brush, but that's pretty much it. And then he always goes over them with stuff. True. Yeah. But right.
1: So I have seen that. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so it's like kind of a weird, it's kind of a different thing. But anyways hmm. when when bob ross was stationed in alaska he like saw this guy painting he started he took the class at the uso and he started painting he started painting in alaska and he sold a bunch of his paintings to the uh, of alaskan landscapes to tourists and i have this like way down at the bottom but as a side note he actually started painting on plates so you can, like, find old plates that have, like, a Bob Ross landscape on them. So that was, like, a big thing that he used to do. When he retired from the military, he actually sought out private lessons with Bill Alexander and eventually took his place on PBS with the show The Joy of Painting, which aired from 1983, which was the year after Bill Alexander's show ended, and it ran for 11 years. So, like, basically till 94. Okay. Okay. And actually at the start of an episode in season two, Bob Ross dedicates his show to Alexander, but Mm. at some point the relationship actually soured and Mm -hmm. Bob Ross wouldn't talk about him. And Bill Alexander was quoted saying, I invented wet on wet. I trained him and he's copying me. What bothers me is not just that he betrayed me, but that he thinks he can do it better. And I'm like, Ooh, geez, Mm. like, 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 don't come for Bob Ross. You know, I was like, Hey, back off. <laughs> and this guy is kind of like, so Bill Alexander is a German dude and he speaks with like a very German accent and he looks a little fierce and his painting style mm-hmm. um, is like pretty aggressive. Like his brush strokes and everything are very aggressive. And he's just, he just kind of like wow. attacks the canvas and you're like, wow, <laughs> this is so different from Bob Ross. So you kind of, you're kind of like chill out, man. But but when you watch the tutorials and you actually listen to him, this guy is actually like he's very happy and he's like he kind of like does these aggressive brush strokes and then he smooths them out so that he can be like look there's no way to mess it up. You just slap it on there however you want and then you can always just kind of blend it out and he talks about he's like he's just like super happy and jovial. And he's always like, let's paint happy little skies and happy little roads. And I'm like, Holy shit. Bob Ross straight up stole Bill Alexander's painting style. Like a (laughs) hundred percent. He stole the whole shtick. Bob Ross is not the hippie that came up with happy little trees. That was straight up this angry German dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I don't know what to think of this.
0: I know it like floored me. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like what the heck? So yeah, that, that blew my mind. I read that this morning and I was like, who is this dude? And and then I watched some of his tutorials and I was like, this this du- this whole dude, everything about him was like, happy skies, happy trees, happy roads, a happy little cabin. And you're like, this is what Bob Ross, this is wow. his whole thing. He <laughs> Totally wow. got it from Bill Alexander, like straight up word for word. So it's a little wow. crazy. Wow,
1: I could see why there'd be a, a falling out. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, but what's interesting is that they didn't fall out until like clearly after season two because he had dedicated an episode yeah. to him. So it was like, he was chill about it for a while. So I, I wonder what happened, but we don't know. So the, the joy painting ran for 11 years and because it was PBS, mm-hmm. he actually never got paid to do it. So like he didn't make any money. I did money. not know
1: that. Yeah. Wow.
0: He was not paid. Um, he did all Whoa, of it. For, I
1: didn't know that. All of
0: it for free. What? Yes.
1: Okay, hold up. yeah, this is a total side note. yeah, but I would think like actors and Jim Henson or whatever back right. in the day like they're getting paid for Sesame Street. they have to.
0: Yes so and that's my thing is I was like, I thought he would get paid something yeah. like a little bit, but no uh, apparently he did them all for free so mm. but so to make income, he sold books. he sold some mm-hmm. of the paintings from the show but. But mostly not. He actually mostly donated all of those to other PBS like stations around the country who would auction them off mm. to raise money, and um, cool, yeah. And he actually taught painting classes like as a way to make money. So I mean, he was doing okay, you know. Yeah. But here's here's another thing, too, is like you you think of all of the episodes that he did like this ran for 11 years and he was never paid. Yeah, they could actually film an entire season in about two days. So it wasn't right. It didn't take up a ton of his time. Um, Mm -hmm. But but still, I mean, so I guess maybe this was just like a fun hobby for him that he was like, I'm giving back. Like, here we go. As so just as like a quick side note here about what he painted. He fell in love with the Alaskan Wilderness. Which makes sense because when you look at what he paints, it's pretty much all wilderness stuff
1: huge mountains and evergreen trees, yes, oh exactly what Alaska
0: looks like, mm-hmm. yeah sometimes a little cabin, whatever, uh, randomly mm-hmm. he didn't like to drop or he didn't like to paint people, and he like never featured them mm-hmm. except for once mm he and it was just the silhouette of a cowboy leaning against a tree so he mm-hmm. didn't like it he didn't even like to allude that there were people so even though he would draw cabins he wouldn't paint or paint sorry he wouldn't paint um chimneys on them because he was like a chimney like means that people are in there and so i was like it's mm. still cabins, so people are in there but like he really was just like no i don't want this i just want it to be <laughs> naturey so okay interesting yeah but so he was obsessed with like the Alaskan wilderness. But he moved back to Florida, which is such a weird thing. I'm like, why didn't you stay up there if you loved it so much? But okay. Yeah. And a- according to like the statistic website, he actually only painted palm trees two percent of the time in his TV show. Who knows about in general? But so yeah. he wow, that's weird. Mm-hmm. So there were over 400 episodes of the show, but he only painted in 381 of them, and that's because. Uh, some of the other ones featured like guest painters and guest appearances and stuff. So he only painted in 381 and for each episode, he painted three different paintings. Um, Well, three of the same painting, basically he painted one before the show so that he would have a guide. So he wasn't just making it up as the camera rolled. And so he, you know, if he like super messed up or something, they wouldn't have to like just scrap all of that. Um, And then he painted the one on camera And then he painted one for close-ups and photography later. And so remember I said they could film an entire season in about two days. That's filming it. So he also had like two other paintings that he had to do for each of these episodes. So obviously it's going to take him a little bit longer than two days to film an entire season. But still like a fun, I guess it was just like a fun, enjoyable hobby for him that he was like, great. I'm going to do this and like give back because I can donate these things. He really enjoyed it. Yeah. In total, he painted 1,143 paintings for his show. That's including like... Wow. Yeah, that's including the uh, duplicates, of course. Gotcha. Um, wow. So where the hell are all of these paintings nowadays? Because we should be like swimming in Bob Ross art, but I have never seen one. I've never even heard of where they're displayed. Like, I have no idea. Hmm. So like I said before, he donated them to PBS stations, so they could auction them off. So there's a lot of like private people that own them. And if you mm-hmm. want to purchase one, you can find them, but they're, they're going to run you about 10 grand each. So uh-huh. they're going to be pricey. Yeah. They do have like, there's like a Bob Ross training facility in Florida and they have them in there. And then there is another website, uh, that's dedicated to the Bob Ross technique, and it actually has like a curated list of all the places that you can go to see a Bob Ross painting. So, you just kind of have to search them out. But it's still crazy to me that I'm like that I've never like even heard of them being somewhere because it's Bob Ross; he's everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you can actually become a certified Bob Ross painter because again, he had uh-huh. Bob Ross Ink, and he, you know, was a smart businessman. And there are painters all of the, all over the world who teach under his brand. And he's apparently, like, a big star outside of the U.S. too. It's, like, not just us that love him. He is popular all around. Fascinating. Yeah. And I guess the place that he is the most popular is in Japan. Like, they really took to him, which kind of makes sense because I feel like Japan just will, like, suck up something really random and then obsess over it. (laughs) Which was like, yeah, all right, Bob Ross, sure. Sure. Why not? They actually aired his show twice a day with like a Japanese voiceover, but you could still hear Bob Ross speaking underneath and people like still loved it. They were like, oh, he's just so calming. And I've listened to the Japanese voiceover, (laughs) Japanese voiceover, not calming. Bob Ross underneath, still calming. (laughs) So it's very weird. So yeah, they played it. They played the show twice a day and he actually visited the country and was like mobbed by fans like they lost their wow. shit over pop ross this was like during the time wow. he was painting it wasn't even afterwards like when he got popular so yeah uh-huh.
1: how was it even making its way over there from pvs how bizarre i have
0: no idea but it was like aired in tons of countries like it's alarming so Weirdly enough, though, even though he had like a ton of media attention, he was rarely asked for interviews. Like, there's not a ton of interviews out there with him. And he said, I never turned down an interview. He's like, just nobody really asks me. And I'm like, like, if somebody had asked him, he would have absolutely done it. Which is crazy to me that I'm like, why weren't people asking him? (laughs) What was going on?
1: I mean, even at his height, he's still just a dude on PBS.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much.
1: and maybe you remembered his name back then but i'm sure you were kind of just more like oh that guy that's on tv that paints with the curly yeah. hair like maybe you the didn't even painter. remember bob, bob ross right
0: i did see somewhere that it was the phil donahue show i can't remember now
1: i think it's phil yeah, yeah.
0: right that sounds about right he, yeah. he was on that show and he painted a painting like really quickly for the audience and Phil and like Phil Donner, he was just like blown away the entire time. So we did have like, <laughs> he was, I'll get into it in a minute, but anyways. Uh, okay. Like it's it's just, I don't know. It's still weird to me that he, nobody asked him for anything, but. Yeah. So just like a fun random thing about him. Bob Ross was actually missing part of a finger. His. Huh. Left index finger is missing about, like, halfway up. Like, it's not a small, like, okay. a tip. He's full of missing half of a finger. He left high school when he was in ninth grade to help his father as a carpenter. And he lost his finger to a saw while woodworking.
1: Uh, yeah. Man.
0: And he holds his pallet in his left hand so you don't really notice it. Right. But there's also like a lot of episodes where he's holding baby animals, like his squirrel or like a little chipmunk or birds or whatever. And you can like see that his finger is missing. It's crazy. I'm like, I've never noticed that until it got pointed out to me. I was like, wait.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and it's one of those things, unless you're really close up and like holding an animal. Yeah. yeah, Okay. But I've seen a few people who've been missing uh, digits and you don't really notice. You just kind of, it just kind of looks like maybe they're bent in a way where you don't see it behind their hand you know like the old thumb trick yeah right (laughs) because that's as easy as as it is to hide the digits on your hands yeah and and i've had to really look close to really understand like okay that is definitely 100 percent missing yeah now i need to find the courage to ask how this happened
0: (laughs) oh my gosh seriously though I've talked like a whole lot about Bob Ross, but I haven't said a whole lot about like him as a person because we don't know a lot except for like he liked to paint. He was in the military. He lost a finger. Like, I don't know anything about his personal life at all, which is kind of crazy because he was kind of like a marketing genius. He would like somebody says he was almost like social network savvy or social media savvy before social media because he would actually like solicit the viewer for ideas and for future paintings. And he would also have them send in pictures of what they've painted and he would share them. And so he was very like smart about his audience and just keeping them engaged and wanting to like bring them in and make them feel part of it. He, he was like, Oh, and he actually did two promotional spots for MTV in the early nineties. So like this dude was everywhere. Wow. Yeah. And he, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, and then, like I said earlier, he like he sadly died from lymphoma at the age of 52 on July 4th in yeah. 1995. So he was only 52, which yep. sucks. And just a couple odd facts about him as I wrap this up. He Before he died, he wanted to branch out and create a kid's show called Bob's World that featured wildlife and nature. Uh, which makes sense because he was always bringing some animal onto the show. And he even had a squirrel that would hang out in his shirt pocket, like on multiple episodes. And I think again, its name was Peapod. I think so. He claimed that he had painted in his lifetime over 30,000 paintings since he was 18 years old.
1: I heard him say that on an episode. Yep.
0: Is insane. Like he painted, just think about that in 11 years, painting three paintings per episode, he made over 1100. Yeah, in his lifetime, 30,000? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. but That's
1: a lot. Dude loved to paint.
0: Yeah, but also, like, with that technique, he could bust them out pretty quickly, so fair enough. But yep. also, that's the thing is, I'm like, 30,000? Where the hell are they all? Like, who has these? That's so many yeah, paintings. Yeah, that's a lot of
1: art. So yeah, that's, that's way out of the ordinary.
0: Completely. Back to his love of animals. Apparently, when he was a child, he kept an alligator in his bathtub as a kid because, you know... It's Florida. (laughs) So of course you do. It was injured and he tried to nurse it back to health. I have no additional information on if he was able to do that, if he released it, how long it was there. I don't know. The only thing I know is that at one point he had an alligator that lived in his bathtub as he tried to nurse it back to health. (laughs) He had an epileptic squirrel that lived in his empty jacuzzi, which I don't know if that's peapod or if it's an additional one, but basically at Hmm. his house, there was an epileptic squirrel that he let live in his jacuzzi. The plates that I mentioned earlier that he used to paint on, he sold them for $25 a piece, but now they sell for $7,500 on eBay. So some nice appreciation. And sadly enough, other artists don't actually like him. And stores will even like kind of bury his products and not really display them because they don't want to offend other artists. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I guess it's because they're like, ah, it was just quick sloppy work there's no detail there's yep. no training there's no technique and you're just like throwing it up there and i'm like who cares
1: yep <laughs> i've uh, so i work with uh, an artist and he's really getting into oil paintings but he does great pencil work and and charcoal and stuff yeah super talented can draw people but he's gotten into this painting thing over the last 10 years and i've kind of mentioned a couple things and kind of in the bob ross thing and he's like yeah you know I've, I've seen that stuff and apparently like uh that's not the best techniques to use and he shows me all this stuff and i'm like hmm neat but i kind of <laughs> like bob ross's stuff a little bit better
0: <laughs> well and i think like if you're going based on technique then like yeah it's not correct but also it's art so like are we really supposed to be strapped down to technique no also, he's right. able to create, like, really beautiful landscapes. So who gives a shit if he's using some house, you know, paintbrush versus some really expensive horsehair synthetic, I don't know, what, whatever. And it's like, who cares if he's using the the media a, a little bit different than, or the mediums a little bit different than than they would teach you in class? Like, who cares? He's still producing, like, amazing landscapes. So I don't really see yeah. the issue.
1: I don't either. There is a lot of realism in his painting. Yeah. And I think that's what always made, like you said, Phil Donahue even, or us as kids watching it. Yeah. Where you're just blown away that so quickly he can make these very realistic looking pieces of art. Now, I've never seen one up close, but during his show he has mentioned, like, people don't get it because it's on tv and you know back then tv was very low resolution (laughs) compared to today and he's like people don't understand like when they see these paintings up close how much detail is in them yeah so they actually look better in real life than they even do on tv which is pretty incredible right you'd think like he's hiding behind that that veil of tv where it's like yeah it looks good on tv but in reality it's 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 not
0: far back and yeah
1: Uh uh-huh but it's actually better in real life
0: and i mean like just to defend him a little bit it's like oh what was my point that i was gonna bring up i had two of them shoot
1: something with it okay
0: no um he i mean he's painting as like a tutorial for people who probably have never painted like that was the intent of the show even though less than 10 percent of people actually used it like that Um, so he's teaching people how to like create art. So who really cares? Like, I'm sorry. Nobody's going to tune into an entire season where they paint one painting where they have to like each week, wait for the paint to dry and like, nobody's doing that. So like, I don't really care that he's at the beginning of every episode. They literally give you all the different colors. They're like, here's what we're using grab your paints that you can paint yes. along with us. Like that's the whole point is to get people creative and painting and, you know, like doing something. So I don't really see the issue with it. Who cares?
1: I don't either. And yeah.
0: art changes. And also I read the wet on wet style is not like, it's not super uncommon. Like there were some like masters that actually used that style. So it's like, what? Like who cares? Hmm. Okay. Who was it? There was a big one. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it real fast. Because it's called a la prima. So Rembrandt actually used it. That's who it was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, I don't see what the big deal is. And plus, like, art changes. I don't care. Like, people are painting with coffee nowadays, and they look rad. Like, I don't care what you (laughs) use. Like, just paint. So, um... So just like I said earlier, he did not ad-lib his happy little tree comments. So, I mean, the entire idea of saying happy little trees and stuff was taken from Bill Alexander. But yeah. um, he would actually lay in bed at night and plan every word about like what he was going to talk about. And how he was going to call this a happy little tree or these happy little clouds or whatever. Like, he would literally sit and, like, plan it out. Okay. Which brings me over to, like, his entire image and everything that we think of as Bob Ross. Uh, He actually, like, very meticulously cultivated his image. So his voice, what he would say, what information he would actually provide to the public about his life. So when they created, like, Bob Ross Inc. and everything they made a big thing about um, how he came from like very humble beginnings with working parents. And so everything was just like very well cultivated. He even picked out his clothing very like smartly. So he chose jeans and a button down t-shirt because he believed it would be like a timeless look, which kind of cracks me up though, because these were shot in the eighties and nineties, but it straight up looks like he's filmed these in the early seventies. And it's probably because of the (laughs) fro.
1: Yeah. It doesn't help. It doesn't.
0: And he spoke in a way that it made it seem like he was talking just to you and not, like, an audience of people on TV. It was, like, supposed to be a very personal way that he spoke uh, to, to the viewers and stuff. So... He was like very smart about everything which again like it just kind of blows my like everything about him just kind of blows my mind like he would have wow like if he was around nowadays he would have crushed it on social media because he was like back then cultivating (laughs) specific things and what to say and and like his entire image so yeah that's bob ross
1: very cool did you find out he's mentioned it in a couple of episodes where you have Liquid white is a color.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He actually invented liquid clear. Oh. And what he would do is he would do like the the background color first, if it was going to be black or if it was going to be blue. Right. And then he would do liquid clear on top of that. So it would preserve the blue behind it, but it was that wet on wet where he could use other colors, which were just attacking that clear and not getting down to anything else.
0: Right. So if you wanted to like pull out like, like paint if he was like oh this is too much over here i need to add like texture and stuff he could pull it out but then their base color would still be there is that kind of what you mean yeah Mm -hmm. i
1: I think that's how it worked right yeah and his technique he used um gessos which aren't necessarily oil paint necessarily they're sort of in a different thing i think (laughs) and i'm so ignorant of this I, i could be wrong but he liked to use black gesso as a as a base which would like drive from the day before, then you would start painting on top of that.
0: Yeah, he's got a lot of those where he, you, you show up, you turn it on, and he's already got like a black kind of like yes. figure uh, painted on there, and he's like, "All right, this is my base already." So if you showed up to yep. paint that day and you didn't have that prepared, you were kind of you're going to have <laughs> to record it on VHS and play it later. <laughs>
1: yeah, and now this makes me wonder though—is how much of that came from Bill Alexander? Yes. Was that his name? Uh-huh. Yeah, how much of that came from him obviously the liquid clear didn't bob ross made that up but starting with this base of like black or white gessos yeah where did that come from i wonder so I or maybe know. it was just something that was out there already who knows
0: yeah it's crazy because i have i've never heard of bill alexander like ever and then nope. when i started watching his stuff i was like holy shit you gotta be kidding me like like bob ross basically just looked at bill alexander and was like i'm gonna take everything about you and just refine it and it worked man but like kind of a little thief <laughs> I, st- <laughs> I still love bob i'm totally ross, looking but- up
1: i love bob ross you know he definitely was good at creating his brand like you say but I'm totally looking up this Bill Alexander guy now. He's
0: got a ton of stuff on YouTube because there's now like a Bill Alexander Institute uh, and or like, well, online there is and they post his stuff like all the time. So he has a ton of YouTube videos on, out there and they're really good. I will say um, not all of his paintings are like this. Like there's a ton of them that are very vibrant and stuff, but a, it seems like Bill Alexander uses a lot more of like kind of Dull, dusty colors. So it almost seems like mm-hmm. like an early morning, like like if you were to wake up and step out of a cabin early morning in the wilderness, where it's just kind of like has that almost uh, dawn kind of a fog over it. That's kind of what yeah, his twilight like. hours, mm-hmm. yeah. Versus like Bob Ross is just kind of look like midday for the most part.
1: Yeah, full so. sun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very colorful, bright colors. You know, it looks better on tv so i could understand why he went that route
0: yeah um and that's i mean and a lot of bill alexander's are also like very very bright and vibrant but i just noticed that i was like oh, a lot of his are kind of that more pastel style cool so they're really good but they are very they're, they're like very similar where i was like oh shoot this is insane wow Wow. But he did, like, pass the torch on to him. Like, that was the initial thing, was that he was like, oh, he's taking okay. over this program for me, and they kind of rebranded it. So it started off okay. very, like, copacetic. Every Everyone knew what was going on, but something fell apart.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Because if it was like, yeah, PBS just kind of got rid of this guy and then found a guy that was trained by him and was like, hey, you're our new guy, that would have been a little shitty. So I'm glad to hear it. At least didn't start that
0: yeah it doesn't seem like it was really pbs it seems like it was something like personal between the two of them but yeah that that could have been bad as like let's get rid of this like crazy german guy and bring in this like fun loving hippie (laughs) and just like talks very quietly
1: (laughs) so i i'm decent at art but i hate doing art but you watch bob ross and you're like i want to try that i wanted to try it ever since i was a kid right And so this thing started to become available on Netflix. And I'm like, I can totally do this. Because that's basically what he tells you at the end of every episode. He's like, you can do this. And like you said, he's talking to the audience. It's more of a one-on-one thing. So I'm like, I can do it. (laughs) yeah, And I start looking up all the things that it's going to. Take to even start Mm -hmm. painting. You need an easel. You need a canvas. You need all these paints. Paints are not cheap. By the way, I was gonna say oil paints. Some of them are are ridiculous. Very pricey. Some are ridiculous, and even the colors he lists, it's like, ooh, uh, that's a forty dollars tube of paint. Mm -hmm. And you see how much paint he has on his um, palette. Oh, his palette. It's that's a lot of money. And he's like, you need to use more. Actually, I don't know if he said this or some of the artists that I've talked to. They say, don't put like a little bit on there. Like, go ahead and put a lot of paint on there. You're going to need it or it works better or something. And I'm like, dude, uh, sorry, I am not this rich to paint because nobody's going to be buying my shit. This is just as a hobby. Right. So, but I know that oil is a really good medium. being like acrylic is nice but it's harder to blend the colors and Mm -hmm. and it 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 doesn't stay wet for very long once it's done it's done you can't go back to it the next day and and fix some stuff like you kind of can with oils Mm -hmm. so i've wanted to get into oils but it's just so much money i don't know if i ever will
0: yeah i because i do paint occasionally um and i always use acrylic too because i'm like i ain't got money for oils like oils are so crazy expensive But I have always wanted to do that too. I'm like, I really want to follow along to a Bob Ross tutorial, but it is like, you start thinking of like, okay, I got to get this. I got to get this. I got to get this. And it's like, it adds up so quickly that I'm like, oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Cause it's, it's again, it's going to be something fun where I follow, follow along to a tutorial and not a hobby that I pick up.
1: Yeah. Yeah a three four five hundred dollar hobby just to get started <laughs> <Just> once <laughs> I better be doing that stuff quite a bit right. so yeah and I just don't see myself doing it that much no it's yeah because like I say I like art but I don't necessarily like doing it I get bored pretty quick
0: which is fair yeah I'm not a big I don't I don't particularly love painting like, okay. it's not my favorite. And I I do a lot of it because usually it's quicker than, obviously, drawing. Mm-hmm. But it's not my favorite thing ever. So it's like, yeah, I really don't want to spend all this money on oils that are just going to sit there and never be used. Like, no, thanks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I actually heard this might not be the case anymore. But a couple years ago when Jim Carrey started going crazy mm-hmm. and became an artist, he was buying up. And, and I've seen him on that show with jerry seinfeld yes and a couple other shows he's got literal like walmart bins of paint yeah that he just was like i'm gonna buy all this paint and i'm a great artist and like you don't need that much paint jim but he's got literal palettes of paint in his art studio and it drove up the price even further of all this stuff. So hopefully that little spike in the market is gone and it's available to everybody else nowadays.
0: He did a, um. they did like this the short documentary on him and they like, followed him around his art studio and everything because they were like, did you guys know that Jim Carrey paints? And they did this whole thing <laughs> on him. And I think it's on Vimeo or something. It's not, like it was just some people did it. It was very random. Wow. And and i watched it and i was like i didn't know jim carrey could paint and i was like this is interesting and then i was like he seems like he's he's lost his marbles a little bit but okay this is fun yeah and then yeah. there's like a scene where he literally like pours out some red paint and i was like <gasps> that's so much money in paint like it was <laughs> alarming that i was like i don't like i don't know if most people watching this would realize how much money Jim Carrey just, like, poured out onto... like, And it was like, you don't need that much. Like, why did you put... Oh, my gosh. Like, it was was insane. So, yeah, I didn't know it drove up the price, but that also, yeah, that doesn't surprise me because he he was just, like, throwing it hither and yon, just whatever, (laughs) more paint. And they're
1: not, like, the little tubes. They're, like, the giant tubes of paint and just Mm palettes of these things in every color. And... Yeah, you could think that that would drive up the the cost, because I think with oils, they're using natural pigments, and some of them are metals and other things, and it just makes it really, really expensive.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true.
1: So there's only so much of that stuff out there that people are supplying to these paint makers, so it's a lot harder to find. So I guess if I ever did get into painting, I should probably do like a more Hilda esque thing and do watercolor because that shit's cheap as hell.
0: So cheap, very cheap. You can even take acrylics and water them down, and then you will have Neat. you will have paint forever because wow. <laughs> you'll be using such That's a small amount know. of acrylic. Yeah.
1: But watercolor is the only thing I've really painted in, and it's it's uh, kind of elusive to me. I it doesn't work.
0: It's not easy. It is like Mm -mm. watercolors are very hard it's not something i ever really touch i'm like no no i'm good and especially if it has to be any kind of well because i've never taken like an actual painting class so i'm just screwing around when i paint and um i don't ever paint like a realistic painting because i'm like oh no no i don't know how to like properly blend shit so if i figured out like a bob ross technique where i was just like yeah and you just like tap the canvas with the brush i'd be like dope i'm gonna ride this until i die (laughs) like if this looks realistic who gives a shit if i'm doing it correctly
1: you know that makes me want to start looking to see if there is a bob ross style in watercolors where you can do a really realistic painting in about a half hour 45 minutes
0: i wonder yeah i don't know
1: that's intriguing i don't know if i'll follow up on that but
0: I feel like it. It might be hard with watercolors, though, because at least with mm-hmm. oil paints, they don't like like you can blend them and stuff. But if you stack them on top of each other, they aren't going to seep into each other, which is what your oh, yeah. issue with watercolors is going to be. So we'll look into it. Who knows?
1: I probably won't because I'm lazy. That's fair, but it's a good idea regardless.
0: Maybe we can figure something out and then monetize it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> um.
0: Wait. How how does Bob Ross end every show? And that's how we can end today's.
1: Uh hang on. Hang on. I know it. Um oh, He says God bless. Yes. After everyone, and he says something before that. Something, my friends. Yeah. Or my friend. It's not even like you said, it's very personal. Something, my friend, and God bless.
0: <laughs> yes. Let me see. I'm gonna see. I just found one on YouTube. Let's click through here.
1: Okay. Uh, All I have is that phrase that you gave me. So I just want to say, like, stay sexy, my friends, and God bless. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get past
0: Uh, that. Okay, I'd like to wish each and every one of you happy painting, God bless, and we'll see you soon.
1: Happy painting? Maybe it's something like that. Yeah. I'm pulling up this other one.
0: I'd like to wish you happy painting, and God bless, my friends. We'll see you soon. Yeah. That's what it always is. Uh, Yeah, he kind of always ends it with like, almost like a marketing call to action where he's like, oh, if you're in Branson, Missouri, come check us out. And then he's like, um, he's like, if you've painted this, I'd love to see it. So go ahead and send it to us. Like he's very like, again, talks to his audience. He's like, we care about you. We want to see your stuff. We want to know what you want us to paint. Like, what a genius.
1: For not making any money. Like he he was pretty good at getting a brand
0: yeah well and then he made all of his money off of that brand so i mean it was it's probably one of those things where he had to be like i'm not making money on this but is it worth the, t- the investment of my time
1: and it must have been and if you're just painting and not going to a nine to five hey sounds pretty good
0: yeah especially if you love painting like he did so great
1: he must have yeah that many paintings
0: yeah geez so you talked about hilda and that was like super interesting again you can look up Les toils uh website and find out more about her and see pictures and all that kind of stuff and then i talked about bob ross and you can become a bob ross certified painter you can watch his stuff on netflix you can go to florida and see his actual paintings and if you have ten thousand dollars you can buy one that's that's pretty much been our our show thank you matt for uh taking the time out of your day to record again
1: fantastic yeah had a good time learned a lot yeah. and uh hope everybody enjoyed half-ass history i'm going back to my half-ass life
0: <laughs> god bless
1: <laughs> god bless <Yes.
0: laughs>